So this is like a whistle-stop tour through a history of uh, colour bars in the UK railway industry. And the story begins after the Second World War, uh, where Britain has a labour shortage um, and where uh, immigration from Caribbean countries and elsewhere uh, increases. And the National Union of Railway Men, so that's a predecessor of the RMT, took a position, quite a strong position from the outset of being against uh, any kind of, against discrimination against black workers. So the National Executive Committee passed a statement in 1948 um, saying we have no objection to the employment of coloured men in the railway industry and that coloured men had been satisfactorily employed on the railways over a long period. Um, so I should point out here that some of this will be in the uh, predominant language of the time, uh, which included referring to uh, to black people as coloured. Um, but at least they were taking their right stance on the colour bar. Um, but although the top of the union was getting it right, in some areas at the bottom of the union, it wasn't uh, getting it quite so right. So two years after that, in 1950, uh, white workers at King's Cross Goods Depot complained to the NUR through their branches that coloured men were, were being recruited above the entry grades um, and uh, they would not stand for, their words, they would not stand for coloured men being promoted to positions where they had uh, seniority or authority over white men. And to his credit, this chap here, he's called Jim Campbell, who's the Assistant General Secretary of the NUR at the time. He later became the General Secretary, but he was AGS at the time. He went to a meeting, he went down and talked to a meeting of workers assembled from six different London depots and explained to them the union's opposition to the colour bar and convinced them um, to get behind the union's position. Um, and the following year, the NUR executive reaffirmed the union's opposition to the colour bar and agreed to cooperate with the railway executive, that's the, the kind of governing body of the railways at the time, in removing obstacles to the employment of black workers. Um, and a, a black NUR member, I think, summed up quite well the importance of the union's stance in terms of uh, protecting black workers from racism at work. So this particular black NUR member said, yes, there has been hostility from white staff, but on the transport, you have so much backing from the union, they can't do much. Um, however, racism doesn't go away. And sadly, racism amongst the working class and amongst uh, transport workers doesn't go away. And then in the, in the mid-1950s, there's a little rush of industrial action by bus workers um, organising the Transport and General Workers Union, which is now part of Unite. So in Wolverhampton, bus workers held an overtime ban, uh, quote, as a protest against the increasing number of coloured workers employed. And they wanted the employer to agree to a quota, to a limit of only 52 black workers out of the 900 workers on the Wolverhampton buses. And in the same year in West Bromwich, um, bus workers held a series of one-day strikes against the employment of one single Indian bus conductor. So we can see that there is, there is a problem um, at the rank and file level. But the TNG official, strangely enough, said about the strike, I do not think there is any racial antagonism behind this, which seems to be a pretty bizarre thing uh, to say about strikes against the employment of Asian bus conductors. Okay, so in 1956, Panorama um, showed a documentary 
about the colour bar on the railway. Most of it is the boss talking, but I particularly want to play you the bit at the end with the union rep. Okay, so you've had this boss going on, uh, defending the fact that there is a colour bar, um, that black workers, that they're not going to hire coloured workers. But it seems that actually the pressure is coming from, um, not necessarily from, specifically from the management, although they're going along with it, but from white um, their union rep unfortunately was was giving voice to this so i just want to play you a couple of minutes of this union rep talking about why he and the union the nur support the color bar women's union at smithfield mr geary now why is it that there is a prejudice here against colored men oh there's no prejudice mr chair why why is it that uh, they're not taken then well uh it's the uh, type of job done at a particular depot you see uh the uh speed it's the question at the particular station, speed. And uh, we are feel that the colour man is apt to work at one particular space. But now, not every coloured man, surely, is much slower than every English man. You can't uh, judge a whole race like that. No, I'm talking now on the majority of the uh, particular type of colour man that I've contacted and that the staff at this particular depot uh, have contacted. But the staff are prepared to condemn all coloured men uh, because of a general feeling that they're slow? No, not, uh, not so much condemn. It's just a question that um, the particular work, the particular work we do, you see, is uh, of a speedy nature. But now, uh, are there any other reasons that they won't be accepted? Uh, well, no, uh, not exactly. It's just the question of uh, a checker in charge of a gang the, language, the lingo would be uh, a bit awkward for them. And uh, also, there is this much about the coloured men. The staff feel that they are apt to lose their temper and resort to tactics that the average white man would not resort to. Have you ever worked with a coloured man? Uh, no, I haven't. So there you go. Uh, there's a, an NUR rep telling us that uh, they're not racist. It's just that your black guys are um, slow, can't talk the language and violent. Um, and that was a trade union rep speaking. So that was in the 1950s and then into the 1960s. So at the, at, at the time, there's no particular restriction on immigration, particularly from, from Commonwealth countries. But then along comes the Commonwealth Immigrants Act of 1962. Now, Peter Fryer, um, so he's the guy who wrote uh, a book called Staying Power, which is a history of black people in Britain. I would absolutely recommend it to anyone to read. It's brilliant. Um, and he makes this really important point about the, the central role that restricting immigration plays in bolstering racism. So he says, between 1958 and 1968, black settlers in Britain watched the racist tail wag the parliamentary dog. As sop after sop was thrown to racism, attacks on black people mounted from year to year. But the worst violence of all, since it affected every black settler without exception, was their relegation as immigrants to the permanent status of second-class citizens. This was brought about in 1962. So in 1962, uh, Parliament passes this act that restrict, begins uh, a process that's then followed up by several other laws over the next few decades to restrict the right of black people uh, primarily to move to Britain from Commonwealth countries. Now, in 1962, so what's the National Rail Union of Railwomen's response to this, the union that opposes the colour bar? In 1962, um, it did the right thing, defeating by 69 votes to four, a motion in support of restricting immigration. But then in 1966, it did the wrong thing um, by endorsing the Labour Party's acceptance of the 1962 Immigration Act 
and it voted down by 49 votes to 25, a motion from Croydon number one branch that opposed immigration controls. So in 1963, there's an episode worth mentioning because after all of that, we're now getting into some serious fighting back. And in 1963, you had an episode called the Bristol Bus Boycott that I would, uh, I would encourage everyone to read up about. So um, the Bristol Omnibus Company barred black workers um, because it's white workers and their unions wanted them to. Um, so what happened was the black community, including black trade unionists in Bristol, organised a boycott of the buses. Um, and it was supported by progressive white people. The people in that photo there are students from Bristol University taking part in a march through Bristol in support of the boycott um, and against the colour bar. And the Bristol bus boycott won. It was successful in overturning the colour bar and uh, it was followed by uh, quite a few black and Asian people getting jobs on the buses in Bristol. So then we come to 1966. Um, which is it's the year in which this talk's going to finish, because I thought I'll cover the period up from the end of the Second World War to the end of the, the, the colour bar on, on British Rail. And an incident that, that the RMT quite rightly celebrates every year, which is around this chap here. And this chap here is called, um, he's called Asquith Xavier. And Asquith Xavier worked at Marylebone. And uh, he applied for a job at Euston, which would have given him a pay rise. So why not, mate? And, um, he received a response from the staff committee, which was made up of NUR reps, saying that they were not prepared to accept the transfer of coloured staff. Um, and as the uh, RMT's most excellent pamphlet, I hope everyone's got a copy of it. If not, get one. It's online and it's free from the union as well. Univer Unity and diversity. As it quite correctly says, a network of white shop stewards was running a closed shop which included a colour bar. So Euston was practising a colour bar um, with the active collaboration of, of the union, of the union on that site. But Marylebone NUR was, uh, you know, made of more progressive stuff and it got behind um, Asquith in fighting against this uh, rejection. You should bear in mind, by the way, that there's no law in Britain at this time barring straightforward racism um, in employment. So in, if anyone was wondering wasn't that illegal no it wasn't um but marabone so marabone and you are um took up the uh took up asquith's cause um a fellow called jim prendergast uh played a leading role as did a fellow called tony donaghy who um who went on many years later to become the national president of the rmt because uh, tony had you know he he felt very strongly against racism he was irish he'd experienced racist discrimination when he'd first come over but he had applied for the same posts as Asquith had and he'd got the job and Asquith hadn't despite the fact that Asquith was had more seniority uh, and was higher up at Marylebone in fact I think he was um he was he was Tony's di direct superior at Marylebone despite that Tony got the job um and Asquith didn't and Tony refused to take up his new job in solidarity with Asquith and Maribone NUR made the union put up a big fuss about this. And eventually this culminated in July 1966, British Rail overturned all colour bars. So it overturned the colour bar at Euston and said, we're not having colour bars anywhere else. And in August of that year, Asquith Xavier started work um, at Euston Station, where there is now a plaque paying, uh, paying tribute to him and the role he played um, in fighting racism. 
So that's the end of the story. I'm going to leave you with one more slide, suggesting a couple of lessons and maybe asking a couple of questions. Okay, so one of the lessons is, I don't know about you, one of the things that struck me about that horrible video of that um, NUR rep and the quote from the TNG official in Wolverhampton is this, we're not racist, but stuff, right? We're not racist, we just don't want to work with blacks. We're not racist, we just don't want any Asian people on the buses. Um, well, sorry, pal, but you are racist then, aren't you? And I think this reminds us that racism doesn't announce itself. It doesn't, you know, except in, except in extreme circumstances, it doesn't say, hello, I'm a racist. It generally starts with, we're not racist, but. I think these stories do tell us... Uh, the le lessons in terms of the importance of trade unions and tackling racism because unlike for the bosses class the working class has almost an organic drive towards unity because you're not you're not going to be strong enough to win improvements in pay in terms of conditions for all your members if some of your members are having a go at some other of your members um, however that organic drive to unity doesn't happen automatically and our, and our, our unions historically have been unfortunately tainted by the poison of racism and discrimination so part of the role of trade unionists is to challenge racism and other forms of discrimination within our union so i'll be interested in what people think about these questions you can ignore them if you like it's just uh, just thought it might prompt a bit of discussion okay so we don't have color bars anymore it's now illegal it has been for a long time um but does that mean there's no racism against black rail workers now i, I don't think uh, you know anyone vaguely politically conscious would argue that there is no racism against black workers now but it doesn't take the form of color bars anymore so what form does it take um secondly I kept listening to some of the people on those videos and reading what some people wrote at the time and you could almost delete colored insert polish um in some of the quotes and it's like we've got nothing against them but they come over here and they don't speak, speak the language very well and they're undermining our jobs and conditions so got nothing against them but and so is there something we can learn from that about not allowing ourselves to fall into the trap of addressing particularly EU migration now in the same way that advocates of the colour bar addressed black immigration um, 50 plus years ago. And the other quite tricky question is, of course, that we all want a member-led union, don't we? Everyone in the union says, I want a member-led union, I want the rank and file in charge. And we definitely, definitely do need the rank and file in charge. Our unions, even the best of them, are still very top-heavy, very officer-led, very bureaucratic. Um, but if we're going to have a member-led union, we need to know what we're going to do when the members are racist and what we're going to do when the members are reactionary. 